90.1 Hope FM and HopeFM.com Now I've got two very special people today going to talk to me about youth and, and children's work. And first uh, is uh, Josh Newton. Now Josh has just been appointed as the youth pastor over at Emmanuel Church. But he very quickly realised that he really couldn't do the job uh, on his own, particularly when he saw the job description. Uh, so he has recruited uh, another person to keep him in line and that's Lydia Clark who's also joining me. And you, you've got, Lydia, you've got this very posh title of intern. You know, you know. Does that mean that you do everything to keep Josh in order? Um, I guess so. Yes. Uh, mainly his paperwork, oh, he yes. keeps saying. <laughs> well, you have actually, Josh, you have actually publicly uh, said that on a number of occasions. I did, uh, yes. Uh, saying that the main reason why you've got Lydia here is to keep the paperwork going. I've actually discovered that I think I'm better at paperwork than you are, Lydia. <laughs> <laughs> now, yeah, probably. Now, you have both gone, gone through um, the Morning's College programme. Mm. Was it a three-year programme for you, Josh? Yeah, so three-year programme on applied theology and youth and community work. And for you, Lydia? I did just stand straight theology, just I focused on children and families' work. Mm -hmm. So you've got that sort of children, well, obviously you're more older young people, and you're slightly younger ones. Yep. Yeah, so here you are as a brand new team. Now, here you are... At a time, joining a, 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 a church which is pretty vibrant in the community mm. uh, with, with young people, you know, are you, are you daunted by the task? Oh, daunted. That is a good question. Um, at times... Well, no, no way of putting it, you know. But no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Depends who you ask in the church. Um, yeah, definitely at times it is quite daunting, but I think they're such a family. They're a great community. And having Lydia on my side is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I take each day as it comes, and each day, some days are hard, some days are great. So mm. that's interesting because some people think that you know, young people, including because you would, you're still young, both both of you, aren't you? Mm. Um, and uh, but think that you know, the young people aren't interested in spirituality, of course, and all that sort of thing. But mm. of course, nothing really could be further from the truth, isn't that so? No, definitely. Um, I think young people are as keen to know who God is and to have a life with purpose and any other generation before. I think it's what it's masked in, it's what it's shown in. I think Christianity, Christianity doesn't exist in a vacuum, but exists in cultures. And if we're not presenting Christianity in a culture where young people can notice it and see it, then they're not going to pay attention to it. Mm-hmm. So I don't necessarily think it's a lack of spirituality, but yeah, it's a lack of noticing where it is in their culture. Now, obviously, both of you had a story to tell that took you to theological training, you know, youth work for you and children's and family work for Lydia. Tell us a wee bit about something about your, 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 your journey. What was it that made you decide, of all the things that you could both have done in life, why theological training who's going to Josh you go first well I think I had a passion to meet to reach the troublemakers that was definitely from day one I was the troublemaker you um, were were you yeah now oh, as a youth <laughs> I think now as a youth pastor I look at my, to my young people and I'm like you are so much well behaved than I was I was kicked out of my youth group for a bit as a teenager and now I'm leading one <laughs> but <laughs> I think I think God called me from a young age, at about 14, 15, and my youth worker played such an important role in that. He played such a vital role showing me that I'm included as a purpose for me. God set me apart for something. And then since then, he just pointed me to signposts. There was Moreland's, there was London School of Theology, not rivals, but good friends of ours, but lots of options. And actually, he pointed to things like, if you want to go into ministry, here are some options for you. And I just took Moreland's as one of them. 
Mm. Now you, you're saying you're a bit. Did, did you come from a, a a background of Christian things? Were your family Christians? Yes. Yeah, so my family are a Christian family. My mum worked in church. Um, she's a families and children's worker. So if I said to her, "What was Josh like as a teenager?" You know, what 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 what, what, what reply is she likely to give me? Um, oh, that's a good question. <laughs> it was a very trying child. I think she used the word misunderstood a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and what about you, Lydia? Um, so I also uh, was brought up in a Christian family with a dad as a vicar. So um, it was very much in like the church spotlight as a child. Um, and that can have its challenges, can't oh, it? Oh, yeah. It really, really affected me growing up. Um and then, so when I was um, 18, I had, I applied for universities. I had a place to go to um, a university in Lincoln to do teacher training. And then um, for various reasons, I um, decided I didn't want to do that. Um, and my brother was at Moreland's at the time. He was in his first year and his now wife um, at the time was his girlfriend. She was in her second year. And um, after realising I didn't want to do teacher training, kind of freaking, about, freaking out about what I wanted to do, uh, they made me realise that Moreland's was definitely worth exploring. And I applied and got an interview, got offered a place the day after my interview. So I kind of felt like God was saying, yeah, this is where you're going to be. <laughs> now, Josh was saying that his youth worker was a big influence on him and on obviously, and no doubt, in leading you, first of all, to make. Mm. Did you make the, your Christian commitment at 15? Or was it before? Yeah, I'd say I was 14. It was at um, the um, kind of classic soul survivor experience as in we're taking there, exposed to what, we always had an idea of who God was, but actually a relationship with Jesus. Sure. What was a relationship oh. with Jesus about? Mm. And at 14, I made a commitment and I was baptised on the same day as my, my brother, who was two years older, when I was 15 in September. Mm. So siblings is playing a big part here, isn't mm. it? And what about you, Lydia? Um, so I was the opposite of Josh as a child. I was very much a goody-goody. Never did a, like, a toe out of line. I can't believe That's why we work great together. <laughs> So you were a very good girl. I was. Um, and so uh, I was kind of like always following the, what, uh, especially a vicar's daughter, what they should do. Um, there was the spotlights on the. Yes, definitely. Um, and then uh, sadly, when I was um, 16, my, my brother actually died. Um, and I really suffered mentally. Was that um, the one at Moreland's? No, this is the oldest brother. So oh, okay. Joshua was at Moreland's. Yeah. He was yeah. he's two years older than me. Um so it was Ben, my oldest brother, who died. Um and I was as I say I was struggling really um, mentally and me and Joshua went to New Day, which is a New Frontiers uh, youth camp, a bit like Soul Survivor. Mm-hmm. Um and it was during that week and I was just like on my days I think I finally worked out what this is all about mm-hmm. and um, I was baptised uh, the following s- August and um, then to add to the tragedy of my, st- of my life my, my dad actually died um, a year and a half later and so I really had to hold on to God during that time mm-hmm. and which is well, how I've really been like this is this is real I need this in my life it's interesting isn't it really because uh, there's two deaths that you had in your family I don't know Josh have you had any trauma like yeah. that in, in yours uh, I guess you guys have talked about that mm-hmm. but I mean normally you'd say oh it's tragic you know but mm-hmm. actually 
for the Christian, death is really quite special, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, my watching my dad, because um, my dad died of cancer, so watching him kind of be uh, like succumb to it, it really encouraged my faith because he was always right until the end. He was so he wasn't wor- worried about him. He was more worried about leaving us. Mm. But he was so fixated on like I'm going to heaven. I'm going to be with the father. And like seeing him with the nurses when he was in the hospice was truly inspiring. And it's really what has, as I've said, really what has kept me going. Mm. Indeed. Uh, well, here you are on the cusp of something entirely new because one training is one thing, and you've both been through a lot of that. How many years did you say for you, Lydia? I did three as well. Three as well. So it's a long, pretty long journey, isn't it? But here you are now on the cusp of doing the stuff. So where do you begin? Where do we begin? Wow. Um, probably with safeguarding and making sure that's that's <laughs> in place. <What> yourselves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, where do we begin? Um, I've really come into the job, landed thinking, oh, am I going to land on my feet? And I feel like I have. And I think that came because I came to the realisation one morning, which I feel like always was in the back of my mind of actually meet the young people where they're at. Where, how are we going to build a youth ministry? How are we going to build a programme? Something that sustains in the church and that's actually meeting where the young people are at. Starting there, what are they going through? Where are they in their journey? And if we build our programme around that flexibly, we should be able to meet them. So that's really where we started recently, so exploring that. And and yourself, Lydia, I mean, obviously, uh, have you got, do you feel the same as Josh? Yeah, I mean, this is definitely a, a year of learning for me, so I'm basically just like following Josh's lead for this next year. <laughs> <laughs> Including making coffee, dare I say, because Emmanuel's got a lovely coffee bar called Jubilati, you know, mm. and I witnessed actually you giving Josh some strong coffee. I've noticed the hairs, by the way, have seemed to have doubled on your head since that, <laughs> it must, the effect of that strong coffee, you know. I mean, that was obviously that was intentional. <laughs> Gotta wake me up somehow. Now, have you both chosen the music or? Has it, has it been just you? Uh, it's just been me, actually. So your first one, very appropriate title, uh, Geezers Need the Gospel. Yes. <laughs> Why this one, Josh? Um, this is a song. My friend has just released a gospel rap album, an EP. Um, it is fantastic. And I just thought, why not share it? He's a great guy. He's a great musician. And it is a great song. We need to repent of our sin, acknowledge that we're sinners, repent of our sin, and do a 180 and turn the other way and walk away from it. Receive his new life, as the Bible says, get born again of the Spirit of God. And as we do that, we can walk in newness of life. And not just newness of life for now, but eternity. Jesus need the gospel, yeah. 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 Jesus need the gospel, ladies need it too Beat around the bush, mate, the people need the truth If your house is burning down, i jump right in and hold you out Why would I not tell you what the flames could really do? Gospel in the coin you greet comes from Evangelion We've got to spread the message of salvation out to everyone What do you think about it? I ain't in to shoot you down I'd really love to tell you what the gospel news is really about It's really about the Alpha and Omega From the family tree of David that was sent to be a saviour Way back in Genesis, he said I'll 
put an end to this by stepping on the neck of the nemesis in the New Testament. The old ones, the roadmap to him as king. He who had never sinned became sin and set all things. He said you only enter in if you lay your life down for me. One way to heaven, mate, the cross up there on Calvary. Jesus need a gospel, yeah. Jesus need a gospel, To make us new for the system that we grew in is corrupt and confused. Got us living in rebellion to the way of the truth. Now you're talking a zoo, trying to find an escape. Bum Babylon, but Babylon, you're tied to the estate. Still enslaved, the pride of your eyes climbing your face. If you only knew, do you pursue? Do you find a place that you've always been looking for? The kingdom of love is more empowered by the ancient Holy Spirit. Is creative force included to purpose your promised place with the prophecies. Mad, I was raving in madness, don't know the plan is to restore humanity. Replenish the planet I heard that man are aiming to relocate in a panic But the realist is coming with more power than finance to gain sight And no life fulfill the damage is a mad thing Yeah, Jesus needs the gospel, mate Because without it, we were lost And without hope and not living life That's the way it's supposed to be But because of what Jesus Christ has done He came into the world to save us, to find us To give us hope And to enable us to live life in all its fullness Question, mate. Why do Jesus need the gospel? The only way to be saved. That's a very good question. Why do Jesus need the gospel, Josh? <laughs> <laughs> why? Why do Jesus need the gospel? I think he answered it in his question because I need to be saved. <laughs> <laughs> so your mate? That was your mate. Saying That's my mate, it? Josh. Yeah, he's great. <laughs> but it's great. It's fantastic, isn't it? The uh, the talent that people have and the music mm. that they can be in, enjoyed. Now you've already started working with young people, Lydia, you've started working with Josh. Early days, I know. What are you what are you discovering? What are we discovering? Um the young people are have messy, messy lives. All of us have messy, messy lives. Well people have messy and pe- lives. Yeah, don't exactly. They? And it's just finding hope in their lives with with the youth work is actually where do we have this place in their life of we can offer them something we can come alongside them and yeah that's what we're mm. discovering why do you think i mean i know that i'm talking generally mm. now but so many churches don't have strong youth groups mm. they could have strong ministry and strong in many ways but when it comes to young people and even sometimes young families yeah you know, it's there's not an overflow and abundance of people going to church, mm. you know, with that sort of background. When I've, whenever I was younger, there were f- 500 in my Sunday school, you know, in, in Ireland, you know, and, wow. and lots of young families. You mentioned culture, you know. Uh, mm. But why? what do you put that down to? Mm, I think it's a... I don't think it's one thing in a lot of cases. I think there's such a complex and v- varied reasons why different churches haven't have an overflow of families and young people i think if it comes down to a few foundation foundational things i think it could partly be yeah the culture are we reaching is the church wrapped up in a 
tradition where it's not cutting edge and people are needing seeing the need of God? Are we presenting that people still need God? Are we presenting that people still need to be saved in a way which they can relate to that and capture that? But I also think as well, just actually, what is what's church become? Is it become a club for adults and a club for young people, and actually not the body of Christ? Where never the twain shall meet, sort of yeah. thing. Yeah, have we like have we shunned a bit? Have we put aside the families and youth work of? Oh, this is your corner. It's great. It's like a seen but not heard approach. Of they look, they look great, but they're not actually in the church life Mm -hmm. and actually how do we bring this um, family groups and youth groups into the church life where they're co-creators and Mm co-conspirators and the work we're doing Mm -hmm. now of course there are many churches where the opposite is true Mm -hmm. you know where they're coming down with young families and and, and young people have you have you done a wee bit or have you thought about doing a wee bit of research and you know checking it out to see what's working here and maybe not working over here yeah definitely we've actually especially locally we've um i've been over the summer the hours i had working over the summer made sure I was meeting other churches. Um, I think I've met with almost all the churches in the Southbourne area and pushed into a bit of Christchurch and Bournemouth of actually what is working for you and where you are and what is what is not working. And did you discover some good stuff? Yeah, some great stuff. Just um, And also, we um, earlier in the year, I undertook what's called detached youth work, so placed in a public place to meet young people when well, they're hanging out. Where they were. Yeah, where they were. And, and that was a kind of a project which had a mental health focus to ask them how their mental health has been affected by lockdown. But it also asked them, what would you like to see in the area? Area. What would you like to see in the community? And that brought loads of light to what we could be doing. Mm, well, I'll talk to you about that in a moment. Lydia, same question f- for you. What, what do you put down the sort of variance in terms of, I mean, for you, obviously the children and young people would, might be more of a thing, but... um, I don't really know, to be honest. I think... What was your dad's church like? I mean, my dad was a vicar in a Church of England church, so very much... Um, older people mm-hmm. um, but then my what I would call my home church in Exeter in Devon was a New Frontiers church um, that had loads of ex-students who had stayed in Exeter married and had kids and so we so had a lot a, of young families we had loads of kids I think we had about uh, nearly a hundred under the age of nine We it was huge um, but I, I don't know I guess um, a th- Maybe for young people, I think it's a lot of you're constantly aware of what other people think of you. And I know Christianity isn't always the uh, the cool thing. Um, so I, I don't know whether that has a, has a part to play mm. in it. So let's pick that up. Mm. Is Christianity boring uh, <laughs> or is it really cool? Yeah, wow. Um, I mean, because it's a good point, Lydia, yeah, isn't it? Point. Because people, I mean, would, would, we, would, we, would you go to boring anything? No. No, neither. Um, I think I do run youth groups sometimes. I'm like, this is a bit boring. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also, I, I guess that the, I mean, it's interesting because it's not just about young people, isn't no. it? I think that, that people generally, you know, I mean, it's interesting, COVID has, I've noticed quite a lot of extra people coming along to Emmanuel, you know, yeah. where, where we all worship and so on. Uh, but but I guess that even with adults, some, somewhere along the line, there seems to have been a disconnect with the real Jesus, you yes, know, the, yes. and you think, tell me about this God you don't believe in. And they say, well, I don't believe in a God like that either, actually, you know, but, but, but people have strange views about God, don't they? Yeah, I think. Yeah, I've definitely encountered over the Moorlands actually just a whole varied opinion just in church of like sometimes like, wow, I never thought of it that way or like, 
why are you thinking about it that way? <laughs> like, yeah. So it's no pressure really on you two because mm. you're the make it relevant people, you know. Mm. And I, and I know that you're not you're not alone in doing that. <laughs> but um, but it, it's no wonder it's a bit scary, you know. Start because you're not starting with an atmosphere of oh everybody's pro God and young people are queuing mm. up to come to church because it's so cool and uh, they have great computer games and, yeah. <laughs> and whatever. So it does make it make a challenge. But then again, you you have this power within you of the Holy Spirit mm. that Jesus talked about and uh, so going forward does that give you hope? Yeah definitely. Because I say that because neither of you look to be depressed. <laughs> I think it's just waking up and being like actually we do have a hope and we do the battle's been won, that's it. We're still in the fight but the battle has been won I think waking up in that and leading from that and then leading with what we know about young people is putting the two together. You're listening to Community Now on Hope FM with Keith Jones Bookshop, serving the community for over 50 years. Visit keithjones.co.uk And my two very special guests in the programme today are Josh Newton. Josh is the newly appointed youth pastor at Emmanuel Church over in Southbourne and joining with him is is Lydia uh, who is uh, the intern there. Both slightly different emphasis because uh, Lydia Lydia, as you heard, has got an emphasis on, on children and families work and Josh on young people, but you're both working together. And I suppose that supporting each other, you know, and although we did make a joke of it at the beginning of the programme, we're different gifts. And clearly, Josh, you have said you don't have the gift of administration. <laughs> no. And having been to your office, I can understand that. <laughs> uh, Lydia, uh, you do you have the gift of administration? I mean, on the youth uh, advert introducing me, it does say, I mean, Josh was the one who wrote it. He, he, it does say He's creative. That, He's very creative, aren't you? Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, he, he put that, sh- that I'm a, a lot more organised, which I think <laughs> I, yeah, I think I am. But here you are together. Yes. Yeah. And you were only one minute late in arriving for the programme. So, I mean, that, so that's saying something. That's that, church but work. But that was because that, big, that minister of yours was keeping you in a meeting, wasn't mm. he? <laughs> Absolutely. Now, Josh, I mustn't let you go because one of the things I know that you wanted to talk to me about was the conference that you're working mm. on at Moreland's. Tell us a wee bit about it. What, what have you got in store? Yes, yeah, so Moreland's College um, have something called the 315 Youth Conference, and it's apologetics conference. So... It's all learning about how do we have the answers for God and answers about God for young people. Um, it's for young people. It's made for young people and for their youth workers. Um, it's called 315 because it's based on 1 Peter 315, which is actually having an answer for our faith, but in gentleness, love and respect. So how do we empower and equip our young people to have the answers they need? And it's come around this time that we're going to do it again, but we're going to focus it around social media. So how can we equip our young people to have a healthy approach to social media from a biblical approach? Um, Because we know social media is debated all over the place at the moment. Is it healthy? Is it not healthy? Is it good? Is it not good? Well, I mean, even my grandchildren, and we're talking, you know, two here, you know, uh, give them a mobile phone. Yeah. And they're, they're away, you know, in a completely different place to us old days, you know, and the iPad, you know, I don't have to tell my, my six-year-old grand, grandson, you know, how to, he, he tells me, actually. So mm. there's something about, because we're living in a technological Yes. Age. Uh, and the fact that you're listening to this program uh, means that you are into technology in one form or another, whether you're listening to it on your computer or your mobile phone or whatever. Now, years ago, we'd have an old Val radio and hanging upside down outside the window trying to get a signal, wouldn't we? And, and you know, he, people are listening to us now all over the world. Mm. 
because of this little thing called the internet, which is quite staggering. And this is the society that, that young people and families are now growing yes. up. So I guess it's a good theme. Yeah, so we've called it the so uh, living in our social media world because that's exactly what it is. We live in a world fueled and led by often by social media. So it's targeted at youth workers. Yeah, and young people. And young people themselves. Yes. And, and so how's it? I mean, I know you've been you've got some posters that you put out there, yeah. and, and you've been running around promoting it. And here you are on the radio <laughs> to promote it. Have you? Have, are you involved with it as well, Adia? I'm not involved with it. I am going to be um, taking the youth to it. Perfect. Well, that's that's participation, isn't it? Yeah, Whatever. we do need some people to turn up. <laughs> so how is it going in your promotion? It's going well. Um, yeah, really well. I think people are really getting to grips with the vision of it. Um, actually, uh, so there's a Netflix show which came out a little while ago talking about the industry of social media. And they use the phrase, the flip side of the coin. How do we show the good side of social media and the bad? So that's really what our aim is, to show them how to have a healthy approach to using social media. And young people are getting to grips with the promotion. They're excited. They're like, this is great. This is what we need. But yeah, it's going really well. Mm-hmm. And when when is it? And Saturday the 13th of November, 11am to 315 Great. And any cost? Um, it's £5 per young person. Um, refreshments will be included. And youth workers come free. That's even better. So the young people pay for the young people. You, you've got you've no, you haven't missed a trick there, have you? No, I can turn up for free now. <laughs> but there are actually quite a lot of youth workers. Uh, mm. You know, associate. I mean, many of them, of course, are are volunteers in, yes. in churches all over the place. But I guess that you know that, that it must be quite a long list of people who are involved in some way yes. in youth and indeed in children's work. Yeah, definitely. And uh, did did do Morelands have a bit of a database of folk out there? Um, yeah, definitely. I think because Morelands exists in a network of churches, we always have fellowships and congregations and communities we know well. Mm-hmm. And through that, we just promote and we work with one another and equip one another. Mm-hmm. Now, going back to what we were talking about, you know, about uh, young people and church and, and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, in the, these early days and with the young people uh, and indeed the children and, and the families that you've had contact with, Lydia, what are, I mean, we've, you've, you mentioned about a bit of confused lives. And of course, that applies to quite across the board mm. to so many of us. But what are the things that have most encouraged you in the early days of your work thus far? What's been a tonic to make you say, up and Adam, you know, let's get stuck in? I think I think it's when you see that the young people, they want to grow and they know someone cares. I think it's the moment when they realise that someone cares for them. That is, for me, one, one of the best moments about everything. I think there was a quote I heard the other day which was like, people don't want to know how much you know until they know how much you care. And I think actually when a young person realises that you care for them, that you're there for them, it's just such a great moment to witness them in what they're going through and knowing someone's with them. So that's about relationships, isn't yeah. it? It's about you sort of, you know, your life being intertwined with their lives, mm. genuinely so. Yeah. What about you, Lydia? What's encouraged you? Um, I would say definitely it's, mostly been my brother I think my brother has been um, a massive encouragement in my life um, but uh, is, he, is that also Josh did you say yeah name? it's also Joshua There's something about that name isn't it <laughs> we're everywhere yeah but he he is definitely he's Joshua he's not Josh oh um, he led the children out of Israel you know took over <laughs> from Moses yeah. um, but I, I don't I don't really know what um, one thing has encouraged me. Um, I think it's just, I don't know. 
Well, it's early days, isn't it? Yeah. It's early days, and I guess... That, and you need people like your brother, don't you? You need people mm. to cheer you on, to encourage you. I mean, I'm a bit long in the tooth now, but I was my qualifications in youth work, so a lot of my life has been spent in working with young people in one way or another, hence the the hair, you know, which is a different <laughs> colour now, as you can see. But but I, I love it when people like you... St- I can see coming up to the plate with such an enthusiasm and gifting and realising, of course, that the world in which I was brought up in is entirely different, mm. of course, to the world as it is right now, which is incredible, you know. Uh, and then I think also, what do you think of the whole intergenerational stuff? Because there can, yeah. be, a, there can be a sort of a oldies over there, you know, oldies to the left and youngsters to the right and anyone else in between. And uh, But, of course... There's much more inter, inter, intergenerational stuff happening, mixing, you know, uh, grannies becoming grandmothers to surrogate, you know, young people or whatever. Or surrogate grandmothers, that's the way of putting it, isn't it, rather mm. than the other way around. Um, but all sorts of stuff like that. Yeah, I think I think there's such a beauty in watching the young people learn from those who are older and the old people mm. learning from those who are younger. Mm. Now, obviously, you, you both had an ear on what the young people are saying, quite two different ears, because so you've got the young people who have come through church, who, who like both of you, have been pretty much brought up with parents, Christian mm. and so on. And I guess that traditionally in churches, that youth workers, they start there, don't they, with the, the Christian families and their their children and so on. But then, of course, you have had this other experience, Josh, of um, with young people with ze- zero yeah. church experience. Uh, you know, who who uh, when you you talked about the um, you know working on the estate, wasn't it? Was it the Beaufort estate? No, Beaufort community. Uh, uh, yeah. So, uh, what what were young people saying to you? You know, when you asked mm. them you know, what you want and their experience of life. What, what was the difference? What were you hearing? Yeah, I think a lot of it was uh, a safe space to be. I think somewhere they could be and be themselves. Um, that was important. I think we had a lot of, um, especially boys, want sports projects, gaming projects, somewhere where they could come and just be themselves. Um, I also feel as well that it comes back to that someone that someone's there for them, that someone's rooting for them. I think with a lot of, with a lack of youth work presence in kind of society and culture from a kind of statutory youth work point of view so just well, generic, sadly it's not resourced in no, the way. yes yeah. so i think with a lack of that they just don't always get to grips that someone is rooting for them that someone is there for them and i think they're looking for that mm-hmm. what about what about yourself Lydia? What, what's your view of that um oh gosh i i don't know but, but um speaking from my own experience as a young person i never really felt like i had anyone looking out for me and so i think that's i mean the whole of my young adulthood has been driven by I want the young person the young people to have the support that I didn't have um, so yeah it's and it is really important isn't it it is I mean everybody needs to be uh, valued and know mm. that they're loved and and having somebody look out for you other than of course your mum and dad who are always your mum and dad aren't they but uh, mine used to spit and do my hair and stuff I <laughs> But never. But I knew it was out of love, you know, and that sort of thing. But uh, of course, when in my case, when your parents are no longer there, mm. you know, you, you sort of value them. They did encourage me to go to church and, uh, and all of that. But I think that the starting point of genuinely caring and, and forming relationships, and of course, those relationships are not formed just overnight, are they? No, not at all. I think it's it's having a very intentional presence in their mm. lives. Um, I think I think people 
Craig said something about if you do a church retreat, you spend more time with them on a retreat weekend than you will over the year and once a night in a weekday. <laughs> and I actually think it's been intentional of actually being present in their lives. Um, I had a great afternoon yesterday. I went to Costa with one of the young people just to catch up for mentoring. And it was great just to see how his life was going, how he's growing, what he's doing at the moment. And it's just been intentional of actually we have a purpose to lead them. And we do that by being present. Mm. And when you've talked to them about God, I don't know whether mm. you did talk to them about God, but but uh, what, what sort of response did you get on that front? <laughs> actually, yesterday I did have... We talked about faith, and he was like, how do I just trust a book? <laughs> and I was stumped for a second. I was like, that's a big question. Meaning in the Bible. Did it mean in the Bible, yeah. Mm-hmm. How do I just trust a book? And I was stumped. And I um, I think I came together with a very good response at the end about learning how God speaks through not just the book, but through people and various ways in seeing God. But they've got big questions. We actually um, did a series a little while ago called Who is God? And we spent the first week asking what their questions were, what do they want to know? And we spent the rest of the series then exploring those questions. Mm -hmm. But I found in every session we did, one question became three, which became five, which became ten. And each session just ended up with more questions. And did you find a difference between the church? Well, my question church doesn't necessarily mean that they themselves have reached a position where they've given their own lives to Jesus. Mm. We know that. Uh, maybe their parents are Christian and taking them to church or whatever. So you need that space. But ha- was there any difference between the young people who had Christian parents that mm. you were talking to and those who didn't have that experience? Yeah, definitely. Um, I'd say the, um, the kids with Christian parents had often views which necessarily weren't their own but kind of ingrained in what they thought they knew and sometimes very individual because of what their parents believe is now it's what they've taken on. Um, so yeah, the, the children with parents who are Christian always had some sort of kind of pre-belief, I guess, in some way of actually something they think could be true and often is, and, but very varied. And um, the children didn't have Christian parents. I think they were in some ways, in some ways a lot more open because they didn't have a belief they already thought they there, should have. There was, no there was nothing of, there. Yeah. So in some ways were a lot more open. Had I'd say the same amount of questions, but actually a lot more open. And I think a lack of foundational kind of understanding was actually really important to um, engage with. You're listening to Community Now on Hope FM with Keith Jones Bookshop, serving the community for over 50 years. Visit keithjones.co.uk. And as as you've heard our programme, Josh and Lydia are my very special guests. They're at Emmanuel Church, having finished their studies at at Moorlands and starting out on uh, on the, the practical things necessary to youth work and children's and families work. Now tell us a wee bit about your plans and what you're going to mm. be doing at um, at, at, at Emmanuel and Lydia I mean I, I, I visited uh, Jubilati Cafe which is the, the new cafe attached to Emmanuel Church on, on Monday and there you were using the, the, the machine, testing the strength of coffee out on Josh and so on. But of course the, it was quite a buzz wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's great fun working in the cafe. Um, Every day is different. um, And I have managed to uh, build up my skills as a coffee maker, uh, which has been fun. Um, But yeah, we get uh, quite a lot of people come in and out. um, And uh, And they're chatting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we have uh, little Christian gifts on displayed that people can buy as well so i mean they know it's a church cafe with a like a christian theme but um and yeah we get really good food and yes great reasonably food. priced mm. yeah angela is very good at making the food so she does the food i do the coffees when i'm working and um 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... And that's before you even do your, your children and young people's work, you know? <laughs> yeah. But you're both working to, to launch a youth cafe. Yes. So what's... What's the thing Yeah, so that? in October, the first week of October, from every Tuesday and Friday from about 3 until 5pm, we're opening up the cafe area as basically an open access after school club. Um, we know that a lot of young people need a safe space and, an ex- and want an exciting place to hang out after school. Um, I'm sure if they went, about 40 of them turned up to Costa, they'd get kicked out in about 30 seconds. <laughs> but actually, we wanted to offer such an exciting venue for them just to come and hang out so we're going to have sports basketball spike ball we have a gaming station with a ps4 we're also going to have a study area for those who might wish to come and study somewhere which isn't home but yeah we just wanted to offer something that was safe something that was exciting and hopefully serves as an access to lots of other youth work in the area and if people want to check that out it's, it's on the Emmanuel website isn't yeah it? it will be it's on our youth page on the Emmanuel website it might have more of its own details up soon otherwise check out our Instagram which is Emmanuel Church Youth 90.1 Hope FM and HopeFM.com